0: You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and Before we get into the episode, please do me a favor, leave this podcast a five-star review if you love it, and share this podcast with someone who may get something out of it. An owner that you know that might get something out of listening to these episodes, someone who needs to grow their business, and help achieve their financial freedom. So share this podcast with someone. If you are an owner, please head over to our NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group and check out our website nextgenowners.com. All right. This episode, we are talking about why you should not offer scholarships. All right. I run a program where I do not offer any scholarships uh, at all. We don't offer scholarships and I do very little in terms of fundraising events through the gym. And I'll talk you through some of the things that we do uh, within the program to help support people uh, and how we encourage people to pay for cheer without offering scholarships and without um, running all of the fundraising. So um, one, scholarships are going to lose you money and they cost more than giving someone things at cost Uh, to include tuition is not actually free comping tuition costs you money Uh, number two uh, everyone should pay to include boys boys should be paying for cheer If you need to find alternative methods of payment for people, that is not scholarship. Scholarship is someone comes in and does cheerleading and you pay for everything. Alternative methods are a little bit different. Uh, That is those situations where someone is cleaning the gym uh, or doing something of value in exchange for their tuition and i am not going to say that you shouldn't do that although you should be cautious about how you're going about that and then lastly fundraising should be done through separate entities that are not the gym unless for very specific circumstances like fundraising for a specific event uh, to help reduce cost for your families and we'll talk through why that is so important so this all came up for me because I was I was spending some time uh, talking to some owners who uh, were at a, a conference in California. I mentioned it on my previous episode, and I was shocked by how many people, uh, owners I respected, uh, gyms I know well, who say, well, gosh, you boys don't pay for anything, or boys can't pay for anything, or boys never pay, or boys are always free. And I was kind of the lone ranger there saying, my boys pay. Boys pay for cheer. Uh, they should not get it for free. That should not be uh, the standard. Boys should be paying. Now, there are some challenges there, uh, obviously, and we'll talk through those uh, when we go into subject one, which is uh, scholar like scholarshiping is something you should avoid. But um, that was what got me thinking about it and thinking about how many programs I talk to that still do scholarship people and are... Uh, at the end of the season, wondering why they cannot uh, make a profit and why they aren't financially successful and uh, worry about pricing people out of the sport. So uh, I felt it was important to sit down and talk through some of my experiences and why I don't scholarship people. And I come from a program where we did at one point scholarship people. In fact, when Tori and I took over the gym, more than half of the gym was on some sort of scholarship. Literally every kid on our world's team that we uh, were taking over was on some sort of financial um, arrangement, if not a scholarship. If you had a double full, you were on a scholarship and it was crazy. Uh, and the, the business was not being very uh, successful at the time. So number one, you shouldn't offer scholarships just carte blanche, don't offer scholarships. Scholarships are uh, an easy solution for when you need someone with a skill to come onto your team and perform that skill. Uh, We want to make it doable. And oftentimes people will ask for the world. And we originally thought, well, we have to say, yes, we offer a scholarship because they're talented and we need their skill. And what we eventually learned over time was that, you know, when you tell people, no, there are no scholarships, then sometimes you don't get that person, but oftentimes people will pay. And uh, I've seen so many gym owners over the years who have been frustrated because they've had an athlete that they scholarshiped and they paid for everything and they did everything for, and then that athlete left and went to a world's winning program like a a cheer athletics or California all-stars or top gun. And you know, one of these, these, uh, top tier programs and now they're paying full price. So they went from my program where I had to give them everything for free and now they can afford to go to one of these big name gyms. And it's a level of frustration for, uh, these gym owners when, and they're frustrated because they're like, I got them all the skills to get them there and now they're paying for it. Well, Yes, you did. And yes, I totally understand why you're frustrated, but you also undervalued yourself and said that what you were giving them wasn't, they didn't have to pay for it. And you told them they didn't have to pay for it. Uh, so the solution would have been don't offer a scholarship. And the other reason not to offer scholarships is it is, it's not doing your other clients a service. While you may be helping them be more competitively successful, as I've talked about in previous episodes, winning doesn't necessarily make you uh, the best. It certainly doesn't make you the most money and it isn't necessarily the best move for your clients. They may really enjoy winning, but that doesn't mean you're being a good steward of their money. You are actually, if you're scholarshipping people, you're going to have to pass that cost on to your other clients, which is not fair. So I'll use this as an example. When you go to a end of season event, and I'm just going to use summit or worlds as an example, because I've attended those events a number of times. So the math works the easiest in my head. So if I am taking a team to worlds and we are staying at the all-star resort on Disney property. Well, it costs money based off how many people you put in a room. And we come from the Pacific Northwest. So we've got to fly across the country. So we're going to stay for a minimum of four nights because our athletes have to get climatized and used to the time change. So we're going to be there for a minimum of four nights. And so we're going to be paying, generally speaking, at least $825 per athlete uh, for that room. So every, if you're staying four to room, you're going to be paying around 825. I think this year it was like 975 per person for the room or something like that. We'll just use, let's use 800 as a nice round number. Um, so we've got $800 per person for this room. And let's say I have a team of 18 people, um, 18 people who are competing and we're staying four to a room. So, uh, at $800 a pop. So that then puts us in a situation where if of the 18 people, every single person paid $800, all of our bills are covered. But if I take 18 of those people and I really can't stay four to a room uh, because I have 18, um, so that actually takes it down to, we'll just do it for 16. Let's make the math 16. I'm sorry. I'm rambling on this one. So we'll say it's 16 people. All right, so we have sixteen people, but so we're gonna charge eight hundred dollars per person for sixteen people. That's twelve thousand eight hundred bucks, twelve thousand eight hundred dollars. Now let's say that we still have to pay for the sixteen people, but we've scholarshiped four. Four of our sixteen are scholarshiped, so we've got twelve people paying total. So twelve times eight hundred is 9600 9, which means we have a remainder of, we have a remainder of $3,200 that is left from those athletes that are scholarshiped. And who's gonna eat that cost? Yes, you can eat it as the owner, but at the end of the day, you're getting that money from charging your clients. So you're gonna have to upcharge them, which means you're gonna to have to divide that $3,200 by the remaining 12 people, which means they're gonna to have to pay an extra $266 per person to cover the scholarship athletes. So you're making those people pay more money to cover the scholarship athletes because you wanted to help them be more competitively successful. But did you take a vote and say, do all of you want to pay for this person? which I certainly wouldn't recommend. I would just say don't have scholarships. Simply don't do scholarships. Um, Now, I'm always surprised at how often people will ask if scholarships are available. Um, If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know I run a camp company, I I run Dream Camps. And at Dream Camps, we have team camps where you can bring your all-star team or you can bring your high school program. Or we run individual camps where one person can come and they're just attending as an individual. They're primarily working on tumbling and stunting skills at what they're working on. And it's an awesome experience. You would not believe how many people will email and say, do you have scholarships for your individual camp? And I have no problem going, no, I don't have scholarships. Why would I have a scholarship for an individual camp bringing you to my camp doesn't really do anything for me now have I comped people before yeah I've comped influencers and people who were had really big social media followings or I've done trade for people before but there's an agreement there those influencers I'm expecting a certain number of videos to be posted I'm expecting posts throughout the year I'm expecting promotions so you can set things up where you have someone who maybe needs help who then does things to work that off now I see gyms do this a lot where they'll say, okay, uh, yep. You want to cheer? Well, I'm not going to do a scholarship, but just as long as you clean the gym, your, your seasons covered, I recommend you don't do it that way. I recommend that you set a monetary value of, I will compensate you at this rate for this number of hours a week. And if you work this many hours a week, it will equal X amount of dollars off of your bill, as opposed to just saying, as long as you do these things, it all will be forgiven because what will inevitably happen in most scenarios is that person will start to take advantage of you. They will miss a week here and miss a week there or they won't do quite as many hours. And the next thing you know, they're not really living up to the expectation, but they're so integral to the routine that they know you're not going to take them out or they believe you're not going to take them out. And then they don't actually ever do the thing they said they were going to do. So I really, really recommend avoiding scholarships at all cost. If you are going to do any sort of financial assistance, there should be an exchange. I additionally don't like scholarships because I think that people who are not in who are expecting things for free are not as invested in those things. And they tend to be less committed. It is scholarship kids that frequently quit that frequently jump gyms, as opposed to those athletes who are paying money to be there. I'm not saying that that is the deal breaker Uh, I've had. I've known athletes who've been scholarshiped at programs, and I've had in the years that I did scholarship back in the day, very loyal scholarship kids. But I also had many, many that burned me mid-season. So the general rule of thumb is just avoid scholarships. And I even say avoid trade. You would be surprised at how many people when you say, sorry, I don't offer that. We offer financial assistance through these partner nonprofits that will figure out a way to make it work. And at the end of the day, if they don't figure out a way to make it work, even if they're fiercely talented, they're not driving your business forward. They're not helping you be more successful as a business owner. They might be helping you be more competitively successful, but they're not actually helping your business itself. Number two is boys should pay, right? Boys should pay, boys should pay, boys should pay. And that was the initial inspiration for this podcast. But again, boys should pay there there is no difference in fact i would argue it's it's anti um female empowerment which is part of what this sport does to say boys get to cheer for free i i would find it offensive in fact having a daughter who does cheerleading if i was at a gym and i wasn't the owner and i was at a gym that my daughter was cheering at and they said you have to pay full price because your daughter is a female, but that boy who isn't, he doesn't have to pay. That makes no sense to me because that's just complete bias. And if you want to say that boys are stronger at stunts at a certain age, yes, a lot of times they are. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't pay. And I realize that there is not as much support from parents for males to cheer um i get it i've had athletes who were like that and some of my bo- some of the people i've scholarshiped in the past when i was doing this before i learned my lesson were males now it was much more on a case by case basis of like well my parents won't pay for anything and they were the athletes showing up you know with they had one pair of shoes that they wore everywhere and that was their cheer shoes and their school shoes and their dress up shoes and they like were very financially destitute um But those athletes still, even in those days, I didn't fully scholarship them. They still had to work for me. They were still in the gym doing maintenance. They were tearing up the floors. When we would rent our floors out, they were setting them up and tearing them down. Like they were working off their bill as much as they could. And then they would work for me in the summers at camps and they would be washing dishes and cleaning cabins and doing those things. So they had to earn their right to cheer. They had to earn their financial support. So that was how, the, my way around it. Boys should be paying. Uh, at the end of the day, they should be paying. You are providing a service to them. They should pay. They shouldn't get to not pay simply because they are a male. Um, I'm not going to soapbox on that any longer. I think it's pretty simple. Uh, yes, if you want to have a great co-ed team, it can be hard to find enough boys. That doesn't mean they can't pay. And again, if they're not paying, they're not driving your business forward. World's Trophies, Summit Trophies, All-Star World's Trophies, um, World All-Star Federation Trophies, whatever they are, none of those things can you take to the pawn shop and pay the rent. So it's not driving your business forward. I Yes, you could say it's intangible and people are going to join your gym because of it. I mean, maybe, but you're also going to get people who go, well, I know I can get a scholarship, so pay me to be here. So... Boys can pay. Boys can pay. Boys can pay. Um, Lastly is the financial piece of it. It is really important that we are cautious about fundraising and how we do our fundraising. It's important because when we partner with someone to do fundraising, what we are offering is people a financial opportunity to help pay for cheer. And if we partner with the wrong groups, we... It's going to come back to bite us. Uh, who we work with, even if we don't control things, uh, can negatively impact people's perception of us. And if we're recommending go work with this nonprofit to help pay for cheerleading and then that nonprofit does them poorly or treats them badly or doesn't give them their funds, then it, it at the end of the day, it makes us look bad because we recommended they work them. So you want to be cautious who you partner with. You also want to avoid, in my opinion, at all costs, doing very many fundraisers that are through the gym. This is because a couple of things. Number one, if you're doing a nonprofit route, there is some risk in doing that and having it be through the gym uh, if you're not a nonprofit. Or not a nonprofit, right? If you're a nonprofit, you can do those things and you can run it through your booster club. And there are all sorts of rules and regulations of how it should go and how it needs to be divided up equally among the people who work and, and all these different things. And it's way more complicated. If you are not a nonprofit and you are running nonprofit things, but you're running those things, that is by all my understanding relatively illegal they need to be separate entities you cannot use a you cannot run a non- non-profit business to then support your for-profit business that is generally speaking a, a violation of those rules so you need to have a separate entity running a non-profit to do that and do that Correctly, ethically, and legally. So make sure you're partnering with other nonprofits. And generally speaking, there are a lot of nonprofits out there that are there to support sports. And if there aren't, talk to some of your parents. They may want to start one. We have a number of parents that they still have kids that are out of cheer and they still run their nonprofits to support kids in sports and they still work the events and they can pay themselves. You can run a nonprofit. You can be a president of a nonprofit and pay yourself money. So there is incentive to do it even after cheer is over. But we want to let other people handle that and then just invoice them, send them the invoice, send them the bill, and then they pay us the money. It's very simple. It's super easy. Uh, The way we do it, it is very convenient. We just invoice our group that um, people partner with. And we have like three different nonprofits that they can work with. We send them an invoice or we send them a bill or we send them a statement showing what they paid and then they get reimbursed or the money comes to us it works a couple different ways based off of each nonprofit structure, but we have nothing to do with it. We have to spend no effort, no energy setting any of it up. We literally just give them the contact info and say, contact these people. They have events that you can work at, at our professional games or our college games or things like that, where you can go and work concessions uh, or special events and concerts and things. And people make a decent amount of money. You know, they can go work a shift and they can make 75 or a hundred bucks. Well, that's 75 or hundred bucks. And if they bring four people and each person makes 75 bucks, that's a month of their, their fees. So you we've had people year after year after year who pay for all of cheerleading to include their travel, working with some of these nonprofits so they can be really, really valuable. I recommend you do it that way. Now, if you're going to do fundraising through the gym for a specific event, I think that's okay. Um, and I don't think it's unethical to do, um, but those are more like f- focused on a specific thing. So we will do fundraising for Summit. We will do fundraising for Worlds. Uh, and we will, each team will get an opportunity to do certain fundraisers that the money goes directly to the athletes and it just reduces their costs. Incentive being to make those end of season events less Uh, painful for the families, less of a pain point, so they're more likely to be able to cheer the next year. Uh, So we help reduce those costs, even though we're going to those events, by doing some fundraisers. And they're things like Tucks for Bucks or uh, Cheer with Kids Clinics. Um, We did did a We've Got Your Back t-shirt this year, which was a huge fundraiser. It absolutely crushed. Each athlete got a a custom T-shirt with the names of everyone who sponsored them and however much money they provided uh, made their name bigger. And we had athletes who had people who donated you know, $200, $300 to them just to have their name on the back of the shirt. It was awesome. It crushed it. And we didn't have to provide the product to them. Just the athlete wore the shirt. And uh, super popular. We'll definitely do it again. It was a lot of work on our end, but if it makes things more possible for our families to keep cheering and attend those events. And it's totally worth it. So as you move forward in your business, you have to assess of what part of your business is this decision moving forward. When I'm scholarshiping someone, what part of my business is this moving forward? Is it moving forward my competitive edge or is it moving forward my business? Is it helping me win trophies or is it helping me make a profit and pay my staff better and pay myself better and provide more opportunities within my gym because I'm able to make money. You've got to look at it those two ways. And if it's, if it's not growing your business, I recommend being very cautious about it, which again, scholarships, I'm just going to say don't scholarship. It is just more headache than it is worth. So if you're in that position and you need help and you need some encouragement and you're like, I just don't know how I wouldn't scholarship people reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. This is what we do with NextGen. We coach our gym owners on how to run a better business, how to encourage them to get through these moments. You know, um, we recently posted It was actually just today, I think, or it popped up in my feed today, um, the post of. Uh, the, the worst thing you can ever say in your business is, well, we've always done it that way. And I think that's really pointed for, um, athletes on scholarship as well. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I hope you loved it. Please remember to share, leave us a five-star review if you love the episode and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.